Hi everyone, welcome back to Casual Watch Talk. This is the audio podcast from the Casual Watch Review channel. It's been a very, very long time since I did a podcast, but I'm back. It's the new year, so happy new year, everyone. Looking forward to making this a regular thing. And one of the things that's going to help me along here is I've got a new co-host called Chris. So welcome, Chris. Thank you. Hey, Sam. What we thought we'd do is try and make the podcast a bit more topical. So we'll do a few news stories and then maybe talk for a longer subject. But of course, let me know in the comments section down below what you want us to talk about each week. What we thought we'd do this week is kick off with a few interesting news stories. But what I'll do is I'll, I'll hand it over to Chris because you'll probably want to know a little bit about him because you'll probably know a little bit about me if you've been watching my YouTube channel. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Sam. It's Chris. Uh, I am a uh, Seiko modder. I enjoy, I've got, I've been involved in the watch hobby for uh, going on three something years now. I'm super interested in, uh, in sort of all aspects of uh, urology, horology. And um, Sam, uh, Sam said, you know, hey, I'm, I, I want to get this podcast going. So he, uh, he broke me in. Yeah. But we've been doing some other we've been doing some other project on his YouTube channel. So my uh, my collection's actually up. That was that was a lot of fun. We went over. I brought that by and Sam grabbed the grabbed that and we went through kind of what's in my collection. I've got uh, my uh, Bell and Ross stuff and uh, etc. Uh, but um, yeah, I'm excited to get into something new. I've got a list and uh, we're ready to go to work here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, and for regular viewers of my channel, you will know. Chris from such informational YouTube videos as creating the ultimate Seiko watch where we took a standard turtle and tried to make the ultimate version of it. New movement, new sapphire crystal, uh, new hands, which were easy in comparison to the mammoth task it took us to uh, regulate the watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, because you want to regulate it with how it, how, how it wears. You know, I find, pe you know, people kind of get frustrated because they think, oh, okay, well, I just want it perfect, you know, on the time grapher. But, like, you you really have to wear the thing. I mean, you've been, you had that turtle on for, go for at least a week, keeping track of uh, the rate before we said, okay, we feel like it's, maybe we can add, what did we add, like five seconds to it yeah. before it kind of really started to dial in. Yeah. And that's a good point, actually. I am where, I am currently wearing that turtle now. So it's a, Seiko turtle modded with new hands, crystal, new movement, and an Uncle Seiko bracelet. I'll leave a link to that video in the description. So, what what have you got on today, Chris? Uh, so I'm a uh, basic today. I've got uh, my Khaki King Hamilton uh, field watch. I got it on the bracelet for it's cold and it's cold. I'll use uh, air quotes. It's cold in California and SoCal <laughs> in the last couple of days. It's uh, it was 59 today, so that's you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's cold for us i was thinking of a new section so we'll try this one out but i'm thinking now that this might be quite dangerous uh certainly for me but what watch have we been lusting after this week i think i'll start by saying that christopher ward has got a sale on where a lot of the watches are half price this is as of the 8th of uh, oh, january really? 2020 oh, really? i know and uh, they have this blue rapide version which is a similar case shape to their divers, but it's a racing version, got a really nice 
blue dial and it's $400 down from $800. And I've literally been fighting not looking at it on the internet today. (laughs) I had a Christopher Ward once, but sent it back because I had one of the divers and I didn't like the the faux Tina on it. And also, right. yeah, it was a bit big. And, and as you pointed out, their logo. Yeah, yeah. What was the um, the Rapide, which the C7? Yeah, real nice. I'm look. I'm looking for an image right now. And and was it? What was it? What was the colorway? It was like a. It, yeah, they call it like a blue and orange. Oh, with the orange secondhand. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, I'm looking at it. That is nice. What about you? I say this is going to be dangerous. We'll end up with a huge watch collection. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so I kind of went back to squares a little bit. I I want a an I want an Omega 300, oh. but uh, I I don't like the new faux patina like like you. So you had mentioned <laughs> sort of the same problem. So the new ones, they do that 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 brown. It's just too brown. I can't I can't do it. But if and it's and the, here's and here's the reason why. If you look at the vintage ones, I've seen vintage ones. Where the where the loom is brighter than the brown they chose for the new one, yeah. So it's so it's sort of disappointing because you're like, okay, so I mean, I like I get the vin- you know, vintage loom, okay, have you know, make it a little, give it a little color. But I looked at that thing in person, the new three hundred, and it is it is a dark, it's a dark color. This you saw the titanium one or uh, the new James is that Bond the, one? Yeah, yeah, I saw that one too. Same same thing going on, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah, the oh yeah. you mean the the 300. I've seen I've seen that right. 300 where the Fotina isn't too bad on it, but I'm not a big fan of that watch anyway. I think it's got mm-hmm. a simple too simple a dial for the rest of the case. It it just doesn't fit together for, for me personally. Yeah, I could see that. And so if you look at the original Omega Seamaster 300 with the single crown at three, with the there's versions with the big triangle. That's what's that's one of the ways you can sort of identify it. Yeah. And I've seen them where you know the the loom is bright white, and the and this watch is from you know 1967 or whatever. Um, so it's sort of you know sort sort of disappointing. So the rabbit hole, the watch I was lusting after, I was looking at um, the company Mark II MK2, right, or MKII. They did a a project where they 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 built a uh, homage to it, and someone posted up on Instagram today, and I just was like, it just was gorgeous, and I was like, oh god, I want, I just want one of these, <laughs> and so and so eBay search was immediately MK two three hundred, no nothing, <laughs> and then and then it really opened up when I started. Um, so I will admit, I I did order. Uh, the Seiko Mod dial, the 300, <laughs> as a as a Seiko dial. So uh, I got the dial in hands coming in from, you know, the Philippines or wherever on eBay. We'll see what that uh, <laughs> oh, I've seen... what that looks like. But yeah, I'm just looking at that MK2 watches now. We'll leave a link in the description down below. They've got that um, the CIA watch on there the marathon like a homage to that cia watch right they've done a... yeah they do they they've done a bunch of really good ones yeah that's a, that's a really good looking watch that oh good and yeah, um yeah. i forgot as well like lusting after watches i also backed a kickstarter as well this week oh that's right yeah yeah the they've recreated neil armstrong's watch which was a it was by a french 
group called Douglas, and some yes. guys recreated this on Kickstarter, and, and it looks pretty good. Having said that, I have been sort of burnt on Kickstarter before, right. so I went right. with Quartz version instead. I know it's sacrilege, but I went with the Quartz version instead of the Miota one. Is it, was it the um, was it the Smooth Sweep Quartz? Yeah, the Mecha Quartz. Nice. Yeah, with with um, with Sapphire. Yeah. Yeah, nice. with Sapphire Crystal. Because they, yeah, because they they offered, uh, yeah, you put pop a link for sure. But there's, um, they offered like four. I was looking, and they offered like four different versions. And then uh, I had a quick, uh, quick look at. Uh, they had the advertise the original advertising where they advertised it for nineteen dollars. Yeah. <laughs> and and then I threw it into like, what would this be in nineteen, uh, you know, two nineteen seventy whatever uh, to two thousand thirteen with inflation and two thousand sorry two thousand twenty with inflation and um they uh it was like it was like forty eight dollars or thirty you know like forty bucks or something like that <laughs> and so they they immediately jumped on that and they're like well um because we are recreating this and we have to get the movements this is going to you know so oh, <laughs> it's yeah. like how come this isn't forty dollars what the heck but uh but it's because Mechanical watches are not, you know, it's not, they're not being printed out like light bulbs yeah, anymore. Um, so we kind of, I kind of get that, but it, but the price point wasn't too bad. So what the mechanical was like three, yeah, 311, they listed it in Euro. So it's 311 for the Miyota mechanical, which you could have in a Hesalite okay. or a Sapphire for the same price, which I think was pretty good. And then yeah. the Mecha Quartz that I went for worked out as $167. The only bad thing with it, other than it's not the mechanical version, is that there's no date on it. Now, I'm going back and forth over this. I think I'm just going to live with it out of the date. I've got like a real weird obsession with the date on watches. I really like having the date on a watch, with the exception of my two favorite watches, my Tudor Black That's Bay 58 funny. and the Speedmaster both don't have a date, so I don't know what's going on in my head about it. <laughs> yeah, and you know, and I think most, I think most people are like anti-date. Yeah, you know, I, I usually get people that are more uh, emphatic about not having a date than than having a date, and I, I kind of go back and forth depending on depending on the watch. Yeah, dive watch. I'm like I don't I don't need to know what I don't need to know what day it is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm at the beach. I'm at the beach. I don't need to know what day it is. But then, you know, my everyday watch, I I like the day and the date. And then my my uh GMT just has the the day or excuse me the the date rather. So, yeah, that's interesting. So, I do yeah. think it's probably the most useful complication on a watch other than uh I I would put that in the top five complications that i would find useful the first being the date the second being gmt hand yeah yeah no definitely i mean for what i'm a uh it guy it admin guy and so i have to look at uh i've got a couple locations across the country um remote location in europe talking to india talking to japan etc and you quickly get lost in the conversation of what time is it yeah <laughs> so so should that's, we, that's helpful. So should we dive into some of these new stories that we've got ready? Yeah, let's go for yeah. it. What I'll do is I'll go through the stories and then we'll have a little bit of a discussion about them. We've got three, three stories we're going to talk through today. This one is thanks to Watch Pro, uh, which is uh, usa.watchpro.com. Now, this story is totally counter to what I thought Swatch were doing. 
I thought Swatch were restricting ETA movements to third-party watchmakers to make them more exclusive or to make them in-house. But And I was totally naive about what was happening. It turns out that the Switzerland Competition Commission, which is also known as the Comco, ruled in December last year that ETA must stop supplying mechanical movements to other watchmakers in 2020. Oh. Yeah, this was a follow-up ruling from a 2013 ruling they made where they wanted to reduce them. So this was counter to what I believed. I thought ETA were restricting it, but it's actually the Swedish Competition Commission because they want ETA to stop saturating the market and squeezing out other smaller watchmakers. Mm. It's, it, it, I, th- I think that's pretty interesting. But what does that mean for all of the millions of ETA-powered watches, everything from Breitling to Hamilton to, well, Hamilton's owned by Swatch, but all these independent watch brands, ETA, mm-hmm. a lot of watch other watch companies, their movements are based on ETA, like when Bremont got itself in trouble all those years ago saying they were in-house when they were actually ETA movements. Where are they going to get the parts from? Is everyone going to go in-house? What do you reckon? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. And I thought the same thing. Like it made it sound when that first came out. I think it was like maybe, maybe a year ago now. They, you know, it, it sounded like ETA made this decision, um, in the same vein that like Rolex makes a decision to, you know, stop putting out sports watches. It was like, oh, we're gonna hold back on these to, you know, control the supply. But, but afterwards, I heard this is, I mean, this is obviously why afterwards I heard a bunch of uh, folks that like, because there's like three or four micro brands that I that I know of that use. ETA movements and and they were like yeah we can still get them so I think they're still available but yeah interesting that that Switzerland's trying to kind of tamp that down I I did see uh, some of the larger micro brands start to switch to Salida I'm trying to think that forms part of ETA's statement that they made on this and I'll read this from Watch Pro it said. ETA no long, is no longer the market leader in the sector due to a settlement reached in 2013 and the will of Swatch Group. Production volumes and capacities have been reduced year after year. Other players significantly increased their own production levels, as in the case of Salita, far exceeding mm-hmm. those of ETA. In 2019, Salita produced and supplied 1 million mechanical movements roughly twice as many as eta making it the new market leader in the sector now i understood that salita was an eta clone anyway but of course we've seen Mm -hmm. like christopher ward i just mentioned their salita based obviously oris probably the most famous of the right yeah that's right so it's interesting it, it, it's it's an int- well first of all it's interesting for me because i thought it was totally the other way around that eta were putting the foot down and constraining the market but it looks like it's the other way around so i mean when does when does salita get so big that the this this switzerland <laughs> right? uh competition commission gets so big? so you had the numbers for salita but but did you have the numbers for eta they you said that was what was it roughly no, it, well, it, it, they haven't specifically mentioned yeah. it. They just said they've been reducing year after year. So, I mean, it must be, I, I imagine it's more than a million, but you think a million movements, the amount of, like, Hamilton, I mean, most of the, no, that's not true. I was going to say most of the Swatch Group ones run ETA, but they don't, of course, do they? Because Blaupas uh, in-house and Jaeger Le is in-house and 
Um, yeah, no, but I mean, like, it's a bunch of the, um, yeah, and um, Bell and Ross's ETA. Yep. There's a bunch, there's a huge handful of uh, micro brands. Yeah, so that that'll be an interesting uh, that'll be an interesting one to watch, I think. So should we yeah. should we shift on to our next story? Next story I had was that Rolex is suing Rolex customizer called La Californian, and I'd not heard of them before. Wait, wait, wait! Rolex is suing someone? What? I know, <laughs> I know. So they essentially this is uh, obviously a Californian based uh, what uh, California based watch customizer who was changing out the dials. They don't just do Rolex; they do Cartier as well. It looks like they were changing out the dials on these watches and Rolex's point wasn't that necessarily that they were customizing them they were arguing that they were putting inferior parts into Rolexes now Uh, I'm of two minds about this because it it seems to me that they were really only doing this to pre-owned Rolexes like old Oyster Perpetuals and things like that so I guess the question Chris is what what do you think of these Rolex customizers? Because some of them are, are insane what they're doing with Rolex watches like that. The Artisan de Genève who place the dials with sapphire so you can see the movement. They refinish the whole thing. They do collaborations with celebrities for these watches. And then you've, of course, got the other end of the spectrum, which is the Titan black guys that just like PVD coat them, give them purple hands and then you know, every Kardashian under the sun is is all over them. I understand they're they're defending their brand, so I'm kind of I'm kind of like you. I'm with two minds. First of all, I mean these 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 ones here. You're right. Like this is an I'm looking at an Oyster Perpetual, you know, and a Datejust, an older style. They made those bright, so no doubt they have had to replace basically the dial, and they've they've either they've either moved the indices over. It's it's new. You know, I feel like maybe maybe it was was going after the brand a little too much. I'll make the uh, argument. Um, this reminds me of like Ferrari, and I'm a I'm a car guy. And like once you start modifying a car, there there have to be agreements. So like if you got if you remember, um, oh who's the Mustang uh, performance guy? Um, there's like a ton of them, but. Uh, you know, there's an agreement that has to be made with the manufacturer. So, you know, you get with Ford and you say, listen, I'm going to put a supercharger like on Shelby. it and I'm going to, you know. Or Barabbas for Mercedes. Exactly. And, and uh, you know, you, they they have to make an agreement. It's sort of working. But I, but I feel like if you were to just go off and you start producing, you know, supercharged Ferraris, at some point you're going to get their attention. And then they're going to say like, well, this thing that you're building, is it changing the brand? Is it changing the concept of the brand? Is it, is it, is it weakening it? And I mean, you look at some of these dials and <laughs> lollipop colors. Yeah, I suppose the, yeah, I suppose the, I guess their argument is and why they probably haven't gone after any of the others. And by all means, I'm sure there's somebody that's got significantly more legal skill than I have about this. But I think their argument, the fact that they weren't refinishing the act, the Rolex dial that kept, because these are all pre-owned watches, so you kind of think, well, it's my watch, I paid for it, I'll, you know, they can do whatever. But I guess they were making aftermarket dials instead of refinishing other dials. Whereas I guess oh. I think that Titan Black takes the original dial and refinishes it, or certainly like original OEM uh, Rolex parts. But 
Yeah, it's interesting. Thank, luckily, they're not doing that with Seiko modders because <laughs> I feel like that's a that's an easy way for Rolex to defend its brand. You know, if they're going to defend the brand, that's you know that's something that they're going to say is like, okay, you're not you're not you're not selling genuine products or 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 it's voiding the warranty. You know, obviously these you know if these are used watches, that's not the case. But um, yeah, I almost feel like that's a cop out. Yeah, and it's and it also compounded by the fact that. Imagine you did want to, but, you know, if you had every intention on buying an unmodified brand new Rolex Submariner, you just can't get hold of one or any of the sports models. Right. It, it's right. not like, uh, you know, these people, it's not like, well, they said, well, the real version, you could have just come into an AD and bought it. I mean, you've got no chance. Right. Yeah, I, I really went <laughs> yeah. to Las Vegas and the cupboards were bare there. Some of the ADs, it was laughable. They'd have like that full Rolex display with one date just in the window i don't know what they're playing at and the one of the most prominent i put this on instagram actually if anybody's listening to this follow me on instagram at the casual watch reviewer and also follow chris at um at everyday mastery they so they have resellers that are based in caesar's palace and anybody that's been to vegas you'll know that forum shops at caesar's palace is the right. hugest yep. huge tourist attraction second only i'd say to the venetian the canal uh, shopping center at the venetian but the one Rolex dedicated AD, they have um, that uh, Chudo that sells uh, secondhand Rolexes and new Rolexes, but the their actual Rolex AD completely shut down, like board, literally boarded up. And yeah, wow. the last time I went in there, I took a picture of the front of that place because it was laughable. There was like three watches in the window. And this is in Las Vegas where, you know, arguably... They've got all of the, you know, the Chinese tourism they could ever the want high there. Roller. The high rollers, mm -hmm. exactly. Yep. People winning a fortune on, you know, gone are the days where you won a fortune on the roulette and then you go straight into the Rolex AD and, and pick yourself up a Submariner. Right, yeah. So so totally closed up. Interesting. Wow. Let us know what you guys think about that in the, uh, the comments if you're watching it on a platform that allows you to uh, comment. All of these links as well to these stories and to anything we've discussed we'll put in the uh, show notes. So next one, Chris, and I'm going to let you, I'll let you talk a bit on this one. Uh, Omega, <laughs> I'm going to start this off and I, I'm going to let you talk because I might get quite passionate on this subject. Omega okay. have re-released the 321 version, the 3, 321, 321, however you want to say it, uh, which is the movement mm -hmm. that, or mm -hmm. at least one of the movements that went into space in those original Speedmasters, in particular in Ed White's watch. And then obviously the 321 movement had some involvement in the moon landings. Now, this movement is long forgotten. It's a column wheel chronograph. It's been far superseded by all of the, the, the latter technologies that Rolex have released. And now the pinnacle, the coaxial movement that they've released that they're putting in modern speed, far superior, far superior than the 321 right, movement. Right. Now, they've not only have they re-released uh, an old movement, which I'm going to ask your opinion on that. But they want thirteen thousand or thirteen thousand five hundred dollars for this watch, a steel uh, Speedmaster with a an old uh, with a recreated but legacy movement in it. I think Rolex. Uh, I think Amiga. I, I'm saying Rolex because their pricing is ridiculous now. But <laughs> Amiga, ridiculous thirteen thousand for that. They wanted eight and a half for the. The, the the James Bond titanium Seamaster, they wanted close to 50 grand for that fully titanium 
flipping titanium movement they recreated. So the question is, right, should you be paying a premium for a movement that is essentially obsolete? And all the Amiga people are going to comment on this and t- tell me about the history and the romance of the movement. I get it, but it, it's not it's it's not an improvement on the technology. It's recreating previous technology that's been superseded. And also, what's with Amiga's pricing? Go. <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, I'll start. I'll start with you know. What's interesting is I feel I feel like Omega. Did they have this in the works, but they just couldn't get the because because I guess everybody was talking about this coming out for the fiftieth. Yeah. So I so I my gut feeling tells me that like this was in the shop and they just couldn't get it done for the fiftieth. So someone made the decision one time because that because because that's what I this is literally what I thought they were gonna do. Yeah for the 50th anniversary is just be like, okay, here's the, because I mean, I, I understand the romance of it. You know, like if you're going to do a reissue and, and if it was for the 50th and, and to say, I mean, the stuff that I was reading and, and talking to folks and channel and et cetera, uh, was, you know, give us the same movement and the same watch, a re-release, a re-edition, the same movement, the same watch that went to space okay, it's got a sapphire glass so we can see this awesome movement. We get it. But like that, that was, I thought what, the, what was going to happen. And then, and then it's sort of, that's not what happened. So here we are 2020, like a year, a year, maybe not a year, but like eight months late. And so they had been talking about the, the 321 for a while. So here it is. They were talking about the 321 for a long time the fans mm-hmm. were looking forward to it and i can see why it is they apparently this is a exact replica all the original plans they redid it then what they did is released it but almost slapped everyone in the face who'd been waiting for it and released it in a platinum version that was like thirty thousand dollars so now right. i think they're suddenly realizing that that was i mean obviously i don't know the psyche of the amiga and while we're talking about amiga um that Teddy Balbazar just did a fantastic interview with the CEO of Amiga. I'll leave a link to that down below. But then they must have realized that that was perhaps a little bit of a PR snafu. So now it's going to be in all steel. But $13,000, I mean, they've made it another limited edition again. There's no there's no need for that to be a limited edition. I was uh, I was watching the stats and uh, uh, I was, it was either Watchbox or uh, actually a couple places. And the the sales figures for your um, for your platinum, your gold, your precious metals are way are just way down. So no one is going to the store and looking for a platinum watch. No one's looking for a solid gold watch anymore. They they want it in stainless steel. And you you've seen some of the uh, some of the big guys, uh, JLC, Patek, etc. Like like offer more stainless steel models um you know because of this so yeah again it kind of feels like that that's that's what this is what we should have had you know this this sort of thing Thirteen thousand. that's i mean it's it's gorgeous looking but i think it the practicality of it i mean you have to be you have to love omega you have to love that that movement the it has to evoke that you know (laughs) space travel and i get that that's you know for collectors but you know what is this? Uh, you know what at the end of the day, like, yep, it, it's uh, you know what what is this for value proposition? Like, are you 
are you enjoying it every day? That's great. Are you are you saving this for your kids? Yeah. Okay, cool. But I think you can get for thirteen thousand dollars. I think you can get a lot more watch. I think I misspoke then. I think it. I don't think it is a limited edition. When I, I've just sort of checked my sources again, and of course uh, we talked about it before. What do, what's your feeling on the uh, the Fotina that they've added? I mean, I'm looking at it's really you know it's tough to see on the monitor. I'm looking at it on the monitor. So with the Speedmaster, the indices and the hands are it's super thin. So it's not like the it's not like the 300 where it's you know a fat triangle or a bunch of you know what I mean. So it looks okay. But I'm not a fan of it. So yeah. I mean that's I mean I, I love know, that's that's me. I love my I do love my Speedmaster. It's arguably mm-hmm. one of the best watches that I've ever owned, but mm-hmm. who knows? I mean it, in the will history look fondly back on a watch that was released with you know, a movement with technology that had been previously released and this i mean you'll i I can't imagine i mean you'll have to wait a long time to get your money back on one of these i think no yeah no i don't i don't think so and and also i mean the joke is with omega uh with their limited editions you know i mean every time i see one i'm like is it limited to natural resources like how much steel we can pull out of the ground because like that's their their quote-unquote limited is is huge numbers i mean you can get you could buy a thousand dollar bespoke uh, micro brand watch that they made three hundred of, that they made a hundred of, you know, and and have that level of like exclusivity, um, and they're you know, and they're talking about like limited editions in you know seven thousand, you know, seven thousand watches, and it's like that's that's not limited limited to to who, you know, I love my Speedmaster, but some of the I think the pricings just got a little bit silly now from them i know they're probably trying to fill that void that rolex has built but the second that the rolex supply starts freeing up i think amiga will be hurting just a pure guess yeah and i and i feel you know and i'll i'll introduce this i'm sure i will talk about this more in our next adventure but uh i'll uh introduce this concept that uh i feel like we are in the modern era of watch making and what i mean by that is in relation to comic books of all things where when i was a kid you know in the in the 80s and 90s i collected comic books um and but i but i didn't realize that i was in the modern era for comic books and so i would collect all these comic books thinking like oh these are going to be worth something someday because you know the first superman from 1954 was worth you know Thirteen thousand dollars. Like, does this sound familiar? You know, like Grandpa finds his uh, his uh, original uh, uh, Rolex GMT. You know that he bought for five hundred dollars when he got out of the army. And so the the this idea that these you know so yes those are those are worth you know thirteen thousand dollars you know twenty thousand um, uh, dollars all the auction you know whether it's uh, uh, Paul Newman etc. You know. Uh, you know you, you've got you've got this like perceived value but now they're making so many of these that it's it's just like comic books in the 90s they're not going to be worth what you think they're going to be worth in yeah in 20 years or that, uh, yeah or the first edition of the marilyn monroe playboy that's never been a another one as expensive since 
yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting thing to watch, and maybe this is this is Rolex's game that they want to bring in that exclusivity. They want people who have invested in Rolex to protect, you know, at least be protecting that investment that they made in the brand. Maybe that's Rolex's game with constraints. Yeah, no, it's it's I yeah I see it. Yeah, two two definitely distinct ways to sort of deal with it. One is the you know, everyone's special. I mean, it's, you know, it's interesting, like, you know, I'll hear, I'll see in the forums where people are like, oh, I want to get an Omega Speedmaster, you know, and I want to, you know, and what's, you know, should I, and I mean, I like the, I like the options, you know, you've got, you've got the Mark 40 dials, you've got the blue, you've got, I mean, just, you know, go out and, you know, find, you know, find something amazing, you know, of, of something you like. The options are great, but on the flip side, like, don't, don't assume that like, oh, I got the only year they made the blue dial with the silver hands, so that's going to be worth something someday. <laughs> it's yeah. like it's like no, it's 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 going to be worth what you paid for it, maybe. And yeah. Enjoy it. And those, I mean, when I've been at Bob's watches and they've let me review some of their vintage Rolexes, the ones that were uh, that are considered the most valuable, certainly of the Pepsi GMTs, are where there's been some manufacturing defect or some material that they use that didn't you know stand the test of time that makes them more valuable like the cracking or crazing of the dial when they had those lacquered dials on the rolexes and one of their valuers there said well yeah if, if the dial is consistently cracked like porcelain it's quite valuable but if it's only cracked in a certain part then that takes the value off bezel has faded to like magenta then that makes it more valuable. So yeah, now that they're making watches perfectly, where they probably yeah, won't, yeah. you know, Sean, who's a big fan of the channel, he's also done one of these podcasts with me. He's a Amiga Speedmaster collector, and I asked him about this three two one, and he's, you know, it's not really floating his boat. He's got a great uh, Speedmaster collection. He was, in fact, he's the first person in the U.S. to get the first ever Speedy Tuesday that they did. He's got the um uh, the other speedy Tuesday, the Ultraman, and then he's got a beautiful, the all black uh one like half skeletonized one that has the, uh, looks like the texture of the moon on the dial. But um, mm-hmm. anyway, uh, before we close this out, we had one other very very important watch industry breaking news from the CES event. And I'll get your comment on this, Chris. Citizen have come out with a pioneering new technology, which is a bedside clock that also incorporates an oil diffuser and LED lights to calmly wake you up and to soothe you. I'm a big fan of Citizen watches, but what do you think of the... uh... I'm amazed. I'm in. (laughs) I I have to see a picture of this. This is the citizen. What is it? What is it's it called? called the, uh, it's called the Citizens Aromatherapy Sensor Time Clock. Oh, oh man, they missed their calling. Start with this. It, oh, it's geez. glorious. You'll have to check this out, <laughs> there, listeners. It. It's glorious. It's got the it's got fake wood on it. The citizen name proudly there. You put your oil in. It's got the the old school LCD on the front. It's a it's a sight. To, it's a sight to behold. Yeah, I, I have to find a picture of it. I got, I got, I got to find this. Yeah, joking aside, I, I mean, I, I, I actually recommend Citizen watches to people that perhaps aren't into watches or they're looking for a gift for something. I think they create just awesome. Watches. Yeah, yeah. I, I had, um, 
I had a uh, uh, I had a solar chrono for a little while from them. Um, that was what I ended up I ended up selling it, but it it was uh, it's really good watch. You yeah, know? No, and I think they're uh, I think all their divers are they're great looking. Yeah, I like I, I like a lot of them. And when I did that interview with uh, Chris, that naval flight officer, and we were talking about watches that aviators use, and he and he's still an active member of the military. And I was like, oh, there must be a lot of Breitling navitimers and things like that that you see. Right, it's like, well, right, yeah. you, you know, there's also Citizen Skyhawks that we wear as well. Oh yeah, yeah. But he's a, he's a big yeah. uh, he's a big watch uh, collector. He's got all sorts. He's he he actually thinks that, and I would agree on this, that sub thousand dollar sector in mechanical watches, these micro brands, as just continues to get more and more exciting. I think. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, that's you know, like Citizen Orient. Um, I mean, Seiko showed them how to do it. I think Seiko's moving aside, uh, honestly, with with their latest offering. I mean, you can get an amazing mechanical dive watch in the if you have four hundred dollars you can get an amazing mechanical dive watch and and that wouldn't wasn't the case maybe six years ago you know five six years ago um so yeah there's there's lots on offer i'm looking at the uh, aromatherapy clock that is with the faux wood patina on the bottom that's or, or I'm assuming. I mean, maybe it is. Maybe it's factory. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, the more I'm looking at it now, I think I really do want one. It says a citizen has already partnered with Amazon on the clock to build in Alexa. The clocks can scent an area that's 500 cubic square feet and feature a timer and alarm to cue the scent diffusing mode automatically. Amazing. Yeah, I think the Amazing. more I'm looking we at it now, I'm selling myself on this. I need to yeah. stop looking at it. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. Ladies and gentlemen, we live in the future. Welcome to the future. Welcome to the aromatherapy <laughs> clock. I mean, I always remember that my grandparents, I don't know if you, I don't know if this was a, like a British thing, but my grandparents had a clock that was called a tease made. I don't know if this was like a British okay. thing where it was like an alarm clock that would, it, you'd put water in it on one side and it would boil the water and then the water would kind of go over a little spout in the morning and there'd be a tea bag in a cup and it would, by the time you woke up, you, there would be a hot cup of tea. So you'd, you'd, you'd plug this in. It was like yeah. a, it wasn't on the wall or anything. No, no, it was like no, a separate. It was like a bedside clock. I mean, they were huge, but it had like a mini okay. kettle on one side. Of course. And then of like course. a cup. How, how British is everything has a kettle yes, in it? Yeah. <laughs> this, it was called a tease made. And I, I remember seeing it work. I mean, I'm sure they must. I, I, I'm sure I have you never, can get one on Amazon. I've never seen this. This is a very British thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna find. I That's bet great. you I could find one on Amazon now. Uh, it they they were. I don't know whether Teas Made was the brand or whether it was okay um, or what's called or yeah yeah. I'm gonna find one. That's great. I'm gonna see if I can find one on there. <laughs> yeah. No. Now I want to know. Uh, you plug in it and and this is so you, this is something they've you're got one. Yeah. Um, Swan Vintage Teas Made Alarm Clock, twenty ounces. It's for the. The bargain price of sixty nine ninety nine, tea maker and alarm clock all in one, twenty ounce capacity, capacity and rapid boiling water function, compact bedside design, wired exclusively for wow. US and Canadian markets. And then, yeah. oh, and that's good as well. They or Amazon also sell a replacement 
of the porcelain kettle bit that you need that kind of goes on the yeah, side because yeah because that was on it that was the first, i mean you can imagine you, you're waking up bleary eyed and you're reaching for your, your cup of tea and oh, you knock over the porcelain <laughs> thing and then your arm that's great yeah oh, oh i love this description as well it says there's no better way to start the morning than with a steaming mug of tea legendary legendary british homewares brand swan knows this <laughs> which is why they've updated its iconic teas made appliance and bought it in to uh, into the here and now featuring a revised sleek and sophisticated design but maintaining the aesthetics that made it so popular upon its inception yeah. the swan's tea made is not only a stylish addition to the bedroom but multifunctional too Never oversleep again, thanks to the built-in alarm. So, what do we think of all these young millennials now that are, you know, perhaps, I know, perhaps right? taking their Tinder dates back to, uh, you know, back to their apartments? And there's a there's a tease made on the side. I mean, I don't, I don't know whether that would right. You you want to you guys? I mean, again, the Brits definitely. You guys want to minimize the amount of time it takes for you to wake up and get a cup exactly. of tea. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I want I want that down to no time at all. And the other thing that I that I find like this makes total sense now. I was watching something on the like on the uh, balancing the electricity grid and how Britain has to like basically they have to watch the football games yeah to see when when it, when either like when when it's you know timeout or when the when it ends so that. It's because they know there's going to be a huge spike of everyone making tea, so they have to like ramp the electricity up, and clearly they have to do it in the morning. It's amazing. Yeah, I mean, joking aside, <laughs> that is a real thing. There was a TV show. Uh, the the UK listeners will know this. There was a uh, there's a TV show called EastEnders, which is based on the East End of of London. It's like a fictitious uh, fictitious sort of part of London, and it's been very famous. But yeah, they used to say that before that because it was on bbc one so there wasn't any ad breaks but before that or after that then yeah there would be a spike in the you know the electricity grid because people would be flipping the kettles on and because they're all these kettles are running on 240 volts which is which would be like a tesla over here <laughs> right right, <laughs> you know? right a thousand amps yeah yeah exactly <laughs> that's you know you, you've got your brew in, in minutes instead of uh you know having to do it on the gas hob as uh now i'm over here in the in the in the u.s but um yeah, yeah, it's it was certainly a, a very nostalgic thing. I will stop. I won't add that to my shopping list because you know. Okay. I, I, All right. Yeah. Hold know, on. I'll, I'll, you know, I don't need to obsess <laughs> over it. But that citizen in aromatherapy. You know, aroma clock. Yeah. Would be good same. One. Yeah. Yeah. Just to, and if it makes tea, then then you're set. <laughs> <laughs> they got something going there. Cool. <laughs> Great. Well, we'll wrap up for this episode, which has been uh, January the the eighth, and we'll try and keep this going on a weekly basis let us know what you think about this in the comment section down below or of course you can contact me on in on instagram or which is at the casual watch reviewer or directly at the casual watch review at gmail.com with any suggestions if you want to come on as a guest with me and chris if you've got a good watch story then you're more than welcome and then of course, you can contact Chris on his Instagram, which Chris is Everyday Mastery, and it's not just watch related, is it? Your Instagram? It's moderate, mo mostly watches, but I occasionally uh, you'll see what like random electronic project or random automotive thing that I'm working on. So yeah, and I suggest <laughs> you check out Chris's Instagram because he's got an obsession with how watches are pressurized. So not only has he built his own home 
pressurization testing vessel which we'd used for my turtle but he also added a pressure sensor inside an invicta and not one of the little invictors like a big invicta to test it inside so i highly recommend that you check that out on instagram yeah absolutely check that out guys so guys as always appreciate you listening and we'll see you next time on casual watch talk thanks guys bye